Well, hey, if you got a Bible, go to the book of Jude this morning. It's like one of the shortest books in the Bible. I did not plan on preaching on this, but when I was preparing this morning at 5 a.m., God shifted my message, and so we're talking about the book of Jude. If you ever want a brain twister of a, Bible, of a passage in the Bible, read the book of Jude. There's a lot of stuff in there that's really different. This morning, what I felt like I was supposed to talk about was division. We are so amazingly, horribly divided in this nation. And, and not only is it that we're divided, but there is this, almost this animosity that keeps growing between people. Um, if you're Republican, if you're Democrat, I guess you don't like each other. If, you're, if you like the vaccine, if you don't like the vaccine, you don't like each other. If you, you know, whatever it is, everything from Black Lives Matter to, to the COVID, to oh, name it, we're, we're just so divided. Conversation is lessening. Um, relationships are strained. I mean, I bet you across this room, there's people here where there has been breakdown in family because of things like the vaccine. Am I, am I right? There's been a lot of turmoil, a lot of frustration, a lot of pain. And I, I just wanted to say this morning, I felt like God was, was sharing with me today that we don't just have to take it when it comes to the, the division, but there's a way to combat against this. We don't have to just live a life on the defensive, but God actually wants to see a reversal of the, of the division and see that America would be a lot more healed than it's ever been. So um, God, I pray today that your word would speak to us, that you would speak through me. God, division is so dumb. It's so demonic. It is not of your heart. And we just pray today, God, that you would give us your strategy of seeing from division to healing in this nation, in our families, in our neighbors, in our marriages, all across the board. And everyone said, amen. amen. So here's the passage. Go to Jude verse 17. But you must remember Beloved, that's you. The predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there's going to be some scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt. I'll keep reading. There's one more slide, but I think I didn't. Oh, yeah, one more slide. Have mercy on those who doubt. In verse 23, saving others by snatching them out of the fire to others show mercy with fear hating even the garment stained by the flesh. There's three points to my message today. Number one, we need to recognize the attack. Number two, we need to hold our ground. And number three, God has a strategy for a counter attack. So that first point, recognize, recognize the attack. Um, in Ephesians, it says this. It says, remember, your, your struggle is not against people but against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Have you ever been in an argument? I mean, if you're, in, if you're married at all today or anything, have you ever been in an argument with somebody and you're like, why am I arguing right now? Why, why is there this dis, dis, dissonance in our relationship? Why aren't we connecting? I'm not understanding it. 
Satan actually loves, and his minions love to sow discord in relationships, doubt in relationships, accusations in relationship. Anywhere where you're walking around and you have a question in your mind like, you know, I'm not sure if they like me. I think maybe they're quiet because they're offended. I'm wondering, you know what I mean? Like there is this space where there is room for division. It comes in our heart. It comes in our minds. It comes in miscommunication. Satan loves that stuff. And I know that that not not only is division caused because of this accusation thing, Divisions cause also because there are a bunch of false teachers out there. There's a bunch of people claiming to be experts on all sorts of things. And what they do is they appeal to our physical nature. They appeal to three things. They appeal to our ego. They appeal to fear. And they appeal to our desires. They appeal to your ego. They appeal to your fears. And they appeal to your desires. First, they they appeal to your egos. You're amazing. You're the hope we need. We are the change that we need. We are the answer. You're better than that other guy. We're up here, there, down here. Appeal to fear. You know, you really should be concerned about this. You're going to lose everything. You better do what I say. And also appeal to desire. I can help you get rich. I can help you find that girl. I can help you be successful. And all of these three things are basically with this single motivated, this single thing, you better listen to me. You better listen to me. And there's this push that's not based mostly on fact, honestly. It's mostly based on pride, fear, and desires. And I don't care if you're Republican, I don't care if you're Democrat, I don't care if you're a vegetarian, I don't care if you're a meat eater, I don't care if you're a gun owner, whatever it is, the appeal is the same. Um, My wife was at, uh, I think it was Woods Coffee a while ago, and there was a a guy, two friends talking, and they were talking about the whole vaccine thing. And the guy was talking, he's just like, yeah, I can't can't stand all those anti-vaxxers. You know, and, and he said, the more I hear about how they're not going to get vaccinated, the more I want to get vaccinated, which I wonder, like, why didn't you just get vaccinated then? Um, but there is this push and this pull between people. There is this judging of, well, if you get vaccinated, well, you're just horrible. Well, if you don't get vaccinated, well, you're just horrible. And all the while, we're in a diversion. We're in a separation where it's not about any of these things. It's about Jesus and what he's saying. But we're so distracted with the talking heads. We're so distracted with the the fear of what might happen. We're so distracted and we're frustrated and we're offended. And we wonder why we can't hear what God is saying. It's these, it says this in verse 19, it's these who cause divisions. Worldly people devoid of the spirit. Devoid of the spirit. That's an interesting one. Logic is great. Emotions are great. But there's something about, some, there's something about someone who understands the Holy Spirit and has a personal relationship with God where they're in connection, connecting with God. You know, I can tell you this. When the whole COVID thing came out, I remember before the whole thing, my wife and I, we sat down and we prayed and I remember praying and I asked God about it. And that's honestly what we should always do in these, these spaces. And I'm like, God, what do you say about this whole COVID thing? And you know, the answer I got from the Lord was, it's nothing to be afraid about. You don't need to be afraid of this. 
I just got this overwhelming sense of peace. But when I give way to fear, I make a lot of decisions. When I make way for my ego or my pride, I make a lot of decisions. When I make way to trying to go by what I feel and what I want, trying to trying to turn it, I make a lot of decisions and I become a pawn in the hands of those lies, whether that's a, a voice coming from Satan or whether it's just an impulse of my own, I get driven along by what I feel. And the more I dwell on those spaces, the bigger it gets. You guys, we got a country that's gripped by fear and offense. We're either afraid of COVID or we're angry at the people that aren't. And all of that is so secondary. But what's happening in our nation is we are getting perpetually more and more divided. James 4, 1 through 3. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder whether with our words or with our actions, right? You covet and you can't obtain, so you fight and you quarrel and you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Doesn't this sound like our world? Doesn't this sound like our relationships? Doesn't this sound like the struggle and the, the, the space we're in? There's this turmoil and this anxiety and this wrestling. And all the while, we're distracted from what really matters because of the division, because of the anxiety, because of the fear, because of the offense. Man, God deliver us from this, right? Our egos, our fears, our passions, we become pawns and those things lead the way. You know, Jesus calls us to lay down our egos, our fears, and our passions. And let me just say this. There is no Holy Spirit in fear. I'm not saying we can't walk in wisdom, but I'm saying there is no Holy Spirit in fear. He doesn't traffic in fear to compel you to something. He traffics in revealing himself, and that is the most terrifying and beautiful thing that there ever is. The King Almighty God on a throne, and you're like, wow, I'm going to be impressed with him, not something else. Now, I, I just want to say this. I, I, um, I've been struggling, not struggling, but I've been processing how to respond to all this stuff with the COVID and all that, all, the, all these different things. And I'm, I'm not standing up today to give a, a response to anybody that gets the vaccine or doesn't get the vaccine. I think that's left between the Lord and, and what you're doing. But I would say this. I would say that I object to any sort of a mandate that requires people to move in a different direction. And why do I say that? I say that because God never forces his hand. Someday, each one of us are going to stand before God for the decisions that we've made. And we're going to have consequences and rewards to that. And there is freedom in that space. I just want to speak, speak to that space. There is freedom in that space to, for us to make the choices that God has called us to make. And let me say this to anybody you're saying in my convictions, I don't feel comfortable taking the vaccine. We would love to, I'd love to write a letter for you of, of religious exemption if that's something you want. But I, but I just want to say, I just want to say that God doesn't traffic in fear. I also know this, that God takes care of his kids. So if you're fearful today about losing your job, if you're fearful about what people will say, I just want to tell you, God is faithful to provide. He really is. 
And if you follow him with a clear conscience, say, God, I'm trying my best here to follow you. He's like, yeah, I know. I got you. He is faithful. He's going to answer. He's going to provide for you and your family. It says in God's word, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He will provide. Now, that's really great to say that when you're going through it. It's a whole nother thing, right? But that's the thing is, is this God who we serve real? And is his answer true? And the answer is? His answer is? We have to recognize the attack. You have to recognize the fruit of the people sharing. Is this manipulation or is there freedom? God always comes with freedom. God will correct us. God will say, hey, you shouldn't walk down this way. You shouldn't do these things. But it's never with a push of condemnation. It's always with an encouragement. There's something better this way. Come walk this way. That's sin. That's death. That'll destroy you. Walk this way. Come this way. Recognize the attack. When we walk, get this, you know you're on the wrong track when your love starts to fade, your faith starts to fade, and your hope starts to lessen. You know you're on the wrong track on what you're, how you're operating when your love starts to fade, your faith starts to fade, and your hope starts to fade. Things can be very difficult, but if you're walking where God wants you to walk, you'll find your love increasing, your faith increasing, your hope increasing. This is what it means to follow Christ. Sometimes it even says, Paul said this, though outwardly we are fading away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. So when I'm starting to get in a heavy place, when things aren't working right, I have to check myself and say, what am I believing? Who am I believing? What am I doing with my, am I, am I trusting what's true? Am I filling myself what's true? Recognize the attack. Number two, hold your ground. Jude 20 and 21 says this, but you beloved building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of God, our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. One of my favorite stories in the old Testament, King David, he goes out on a raiding party And then they come back, they come back to their town, all the men are there, they come back to the town where they lived, burned up, totally destroyed, and all of their children and their wives taken captive. The guys have a quick powwow and they say, David's at fault. He's, he led us, and look, my, parent, my, my children are gone, my wife is gone, I'm ticked. And they started talking about stoning him. David, you know what it says, the very next verse, it said this, but David turned and strengthened himself in the Lord. You, you ever been there where you've got no support, no encouraging word? Nobody's saying, hey, you're awesome. No one's standing in your corner to, to lift you up. There is no great worship song, band. I mean, you can't get Nick Thompson to come to your house to play a quick song. <laughs> you have none of that. All you have is this, your history with God and what he says. So this week, when you get discouraged, when things turn sideways and you're by yourself and it's early in the morning or late at night or the middle of the day and you're by yourself and you're discouraged, turn and strengthen yourself in the Lord. Super practically, you know what I do? On my phone, in my notes section, I made a little uh, folder that says, 
promises and words from God. So anytime that I, um, I'm reading my Bible and God encourages me with a passage or someone tells me like, man, I, I feel like God is saying this over your life or whatever, I save it in there. And then often when I'm having a hard time, I whip out my phone and I go, what did God say? What, what did God say about me? What did God say about my future? What did God say? And I remember two years ago in, I think it was September, my wife and I were at this church planting conference and there was this gentleman there named Warren Curry and he, pray, he was going to pray over us and I had the presence of mind to pull out my phone and hit record because I'm like, I think this is going to be really good. So I put it in my pocket like this with the microphone just kind of hanging out so he couldn't really see. And I'm just recording what he's praying. Halfway through while he's, get this, and Svieta was there, she can say this is all true, I'm not making this up. Um, halfway through he starts praying and he says this, you know guys, I, I just feel like God is telling me that at the launch of this church, you're also going to be having a baby right around the same time. We didn't have a kid. We weren't pregnant. And then he said this, but God, but I, God wants you to know that even though that sounds overwhelming, I'm going to give you the strength that you need to sustain in the process. Oh my goodness, you guys, that word has meant so much to us in this season. When our baby wakes up at three in the morning or when we're cross-eyed or whatever, we can go back to that and say, nah, but, but God said, he told me that we would be okay. We might know, not know which way is up right now, but we're going to be okay. He's faithful. He has said it. You got to sometimes turn and strengthen yourself in God. Sometimes you got to be the one that's going to be your own cheerleader because you don't hear anybody else's voice. What has God said about your life? And if you're like, I don't think he said anything. You know, I got a whole book here that says a whole whack about you. It even says this, Psalms 43, 5. This is a really good one if you feel like God's never talked to you before. Why, and this is David talking, by the way. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hey, soul, what's your deal? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You know what David's saying there? Hey, soul, having a hard time? Hey, guess what? This won't last forever. You're going to be okay. You're going to be, you're going to make it. You got to turn and strengthen yourself. You got to take control of the mindsets and the struggles and all of that and say, uh-uh, they might be looking like they're going to stone me right now. I'm going to ignore that right now. I'm going to turn and strengthen myself. And after that moment, God gave David the plan for what to do and everything was restored. The families, the property, everything. Don't let discouragement take the day. Hold your ground. I, I like what this says too. It says, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith. I think that, what I just said, is a big part of it. But I, but I also think this, this, and this is a really big key, I think, for where we're living. We're living in an age of deconstruction. And this is what I mean by that. We, we have a foundation built in God of, of what it means to follow Christ, to, to obey him. And there is so much questioning of faith there is so much questioning of who is God anyway. Is the Bible even true? All of these different things. Don't let the scoffers steal the foundation that you're standing on. Stand on the foundation of Christ. Trust that you're standing in a good place. Look at those around you that you see that are standing strong in Christ and ask yourself, are they strengthening? Are they, are they sustained? Are they doing well? The answer is 
Yes. They might go struggle. They might have struggles, but they're doing well. God is strengthening them. Trust the foundation that you're standing on, then build up on it. What does it mean to trust God? Build up on it. Find a new place this week to trust God with your finances, with your relationships, with your time. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. In other words, take the promises that are in scripture and go, I'm going to apply that in my life. I'm going to test and see if that's true. Second part of that is praying in the Holy Spirit. That's twofold. One, the first thing that it's implying is praying in tongues. Now, if you, you don't pray in tongues, I really believe God desires to give gifts. And, and many of us have different, different uh, pasts and histories. And some of us, that was like a super easy experience. And some of you are like, I've been wanting that forever and it didn't happen in my life. All I know is this. It's a really super powerful thing and it's super simple. I have seen God do more in my life through praying in tongues. In other words, I'm praying in tongues and I have no clue how to pray, what to do. And I've seen God answer prayers that I didn't even know how to answer struggles, things that are going on, and I just quietly, I'm praying under my breath, I'm just, or by myself loudly, and I'm just saying, oh God, come and help. And I've seen God do it. I've seen God heal people from heroin addictions and places and ministry. I didn't know what to do. God shows up when we pray in tongues. Anybody here like that? Have you ever experienced that? All two, all four of us, great. So, but I'm serious. There's this thing, like it's a real thing. God shows up when we pray in the spirit. It also is implying this. If you can go to that Jude passage. Praying in the Spirit isn't just praying in tongues. It's also praying, being led by the Holy Spirit. And that means this. If you don't pray in tongues, worship. Sing a song to God. Lift your praise. Find that song where you're like, ah, I feel God now. And put it on repeat and worship God. And then let God lead you in prayer. You'll find yourself not praying about the six six or seven things that you always pray about. But God will lead you into whole new spaces of things to pray about. He'll open your heart and your mind to see different things. And when we pray, when we're led by the Holy Spirit, things change. This whole church is built upon this reality that we pray and we know he shows up. Pray in the Holy Spirit. And this one's really big, really key. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. When I, when I read that this morning, I was processing, I, I was realizing how much pulls at my attention away from the love of God. He loves me. He loves you. He's for you. He has good things for you. But you know what? I can get offended and I can get fearful, and I can get stressed, and I can get distracted, and I start walking away from this reality of the love of God. And when I walk away from the reality of the love of God, I think it's all on me. And I have to do this, and I, and I start living independent from the Spirit. Why? Because I feel like I'm alone. When you feel like you're alone, you're like, well, I guess I better do it. And when I do things in my own strength, what happens next? I get tired. I get worn But when you keep yourself in the love of God, when I keep myself in the space of worship and prayer and saying, God, I give you my heart today. I center my affections on you. He refreshes my heart. He revives my heart. He heals my heart. And in that space, I'm protected not only from my own problems, but when people come and they want to spread division, when they want to separate, when they're offended at somebody else, I'm like, I don't got time for that. I don't, I don't have time for the talking heads today. 
I don't have time for the offense. I don't have time for the anger. I only have time for what he is saying. But the only way you can do that is if you keep your eyes continually going, I'm going to keep myself in the love of God. Building yourself up in your most holy faith. Reminding yourself about your history. Two, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues and being led by the Holy Spirit. That's worship. That's prayer. And lastly, keep yourself. Don't get offended. Don't get distracted. Keep yourself in the love of God. Recognize the attack. Hold your ground. And number three, counterattack. It's super interesting in this passage. He doesn't say, go find all those guys that are saying bad things and go beat them up or rebuke them sharply or whatever. It actually says this, mercy. What? Mercy. It said at the end of that, it said, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Back during the election, Raquel and I were watching the was it the first or second presidential debate? You know the one that was really horrible? <laughs> Where basically Biden and Trump yelled at each other, and you just felt like, like, did I just eat something poisonous? Like, was that just bad for my health? We watched that, and we just felt sick in our stomach. You know, it ended, and there was, like, no air in the room, right? And it's just like, bleh. And I looked at my wife, and she said this. She's like, the only thing I feel like I can pray in this, and I feel like God's saying is, oh, God, have mercy. Like, oh, God, we need mercy. We, need, we really need help in this nation. And, and that's been the cry that's in our heart is, oh, God, have mercy. And, and mercy is that you don't get what you deserve. Mercy's like, oh, God, we're in trouble. Help. What I love about this, it says in verse 21 there, it says, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus. He delights in showing mercy to America. Guys, God's not done with America. He's not done with this nation. He's not done with working in us. And there is an important piece where you hold your ground, you stand in God, you keep yourself in the love of God, you know he's good, and you stand and you wait and you say, mercy's coming. He's coming. He's going to make all wrong things right. He's going to deal. He's going to deal with the wickedness and corruption. He's going to deal with all of the talking heads and all of the things that are not right. He's going to deal with that. And by that, I'm not just talking about the, the, the evil Democrats or whatever. I'm talking about the corruption in our nation of a hearts that's turned away from God. And we have turned our hearts towards our pleasure, our gain, our ways. And that's not a political thing. That's a human nature thing. And God delights in showing mercy. He's looking at you and he's looking at me. And if he judged us fairly, we'd all be hosed. But when I keep myself in the love of God, I realize he doesn't want to, to drop the mallet on me. He wants to transform my heart to follow his ways. Wait for his mercy. It's coming. And here's the counterattack. Have mercy on those who doubt. In Matthew chapter 5, it's the Beatitudes, and it says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Here's my question. How much mercy would you like to receive? A lot. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. That person that you look at and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe who they are. I can't believe what they think. I can't believe how they operate. Okay? Give mercy, for blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. I'm not saying don't speak truth. But I am saying separate the value of the person from what they advertise and what they stand for. Regardless of your political persuasion, regardless of what you think about how Bellingham is operating and all these things, recognize that our Savior Jesus died for every single person in this county. Right now, there's about 200 and I think 17,000 people in Whatcom County, at least 180,000 of them do not go to church, have no sense of connection to God. And God's heart is grieved in a county that is lost and separated from him. And he's looking for anyone that would say, would anyone extend mercy with me? Would anyone go to their workplace with me? Says this, and have mercy on those who doubt. Anybody know anyone that doubts whether Jesus is real? That he loves them, that he had died for them? Have mercy on those who doubt. Saving others by snatching them out of the fire. There are people in your life and in my life that are this close to eternity. They might not make it through the week. And God is looking for those that would partner with him and look for those that are in the flames. That they're not okay. And say, come with me right now. Like right now. And to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. There is a sinful world out there in a broken space, and, and I think we could all throw stones at each other if we really wanted to. But that's exactly what Satan wants to do. He wants us looking at each other, watching where we don't agree distracted with the reality that it's not about COVID. It's not about the economy. It's not about any of these things. It is about Christ. And I was, I was processing yesterday and I was thinking this thought. There is all this fear out there. What if we had honest conversations with people in our world that are super fearful and say, hey, you know, it's true. We aren't promised tomorrow. Where are you at with Jesus? Have you met him? Forget COVID. The reality is we're not promised a single second. Are you right with him? Folks, COVID is one of the biggest opportunities we've had in a long time in this nation to share Christ. God wants to reveal himself and he might use COVID to do it. COVID's not the enemy. Biden's not the enemy. Have mercy on those who doubt, saving others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. And close your eyes and just picture this with me. This is John 8. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came to the temple. All the people came to him and they sat down and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placed her in their midst. And they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery, which I kind of wonder why in the world they saw that. Anyway, now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have charge to bring against him. 
Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and he said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to cast a stone. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there before him. Jesus stood up and said to the woman, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, sin no more. Mercy. Will we be the ones to stand in the gap with the person that's doubting, struggling, not walking how they called to whatever they're supposed to do and stand between the accusers, not lifting up the stones ourselves, but standing and saying, I don't condemn you. Come this way. There's a better way. Leave your life of sin. I don't condemn you. Come walk this way. How do we fight? How do we see the division in our nation turned? One, recognize it's not the people we're fighting. We're fighting the enemy, pulling on ego, pulling on fear, pulling on passions that are not godly. Everyone getting riled up and anxious on the inside. Two, you have to hold your ground. In other words, you need something different. We need to be built up in our faith. We need to pray in the spirit. We need to worship God. We need to keep ourselves unoffended and say, God, I'm trying to keep my eyes focused on you. And three, we need to go on the counterattack. We need to go out and see those that are divided from us and saying, I am so sick of this division. Come over here. A great way to do that is invite them over for dinner. Go out to, go out to Applebee's or whatever. Well, if you can, if they let you into Applebee's. Um, go, out and go out and connect with people. Show them that the division, we're not going to stand for division. We're going to stand for what God wants to do. He wants to unite hearts and he wants to connect us. Show mercy. We need to do some warfare by showing mercy, walking across the aisle, walking across the separation and saying, I don't care what you think. You're valuable in God's eyes. I see you. Come, come with me. I, I want us to be a church that's not reacting to culture, but leading culture. I want us to be a church filled with people that aren't fearful are motivated by our ability to try to build our th cool thing. We want to see Jesus get everything he paid for. And that's 217,000 people that live in Whatcom County. I want to see God touch their life. I want them to encounter the mercy of God through us as we walk in front of the accusers and say, no, 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 no. He is without sin. Draw, like you get to cast the first stone. And guess what? We get to stand where Jesus is because guess what? Our sin's paid for. And so in this place, I want to bring a challenge to us this morning. Don't let division exist. Those, those teachers, anytime you come across the talking heads and the people that are bringing up the division, deconstructing all the stuff, just turn it off. It's not worth it. What does God say about people? What does God say about our future? What does God say? And this is the final thought. You know you're not listening to truth when... Your love fades, your faith fades, your hope fades. What is building up your faith? What is building up your love? What is building up your hope? 
This is God's calling for each one of us that we would grow in faith, in love, and in hope. I wanted to end our time here with um, praying for our nation and praying that God would give us, increase our heart for Whatcom County. And so, um, God, you know where we are and you know the divisions in our nation. You know the divisions in our families. You know the divisions in our neighborhoods and our city and our county. And we just say no. God, I pray that through us, God, that we would be those that would extend mercy. And God, we bless, God, our government. We bless, Lord, this beautiful city. We bless, Lord, our state. And we just say, let Jesus' way, Jesus and his ways be exalted here. And God, we pray for anyone, God, that needs to be snatched out of the flames in our midst. God, we are crying out, God, for people to be saved out of places of literal death. Jesus, we're crying out for the drug addicted in our community. God, we pray that they would come to know you. We pray that the detox centers would be filled with people, God, coming to the place of like, it's not my way, it's Jesus' way. We pray this with all our heart. God, would you come? Would you show up? In Jesus' name, amen. Would you consider inviting someone to your house or going out to coffee with someone that's very different than you? I will give you a Woods coffee card if you do it. Someone that doesn't think like you and is not like you and extend mercy. How much mercy do you want to receive?